0: From Bonner's Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between, this is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right.
1: Welcome into another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down everything in District 1 in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey alongside Ryan Skaggs. The North Idaho PrepCast is brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. Speaking of health,
0: Ryan, how are you? Doing well. I mean, we're getting better, so... A difference a couple weeks makes, <laughs> so <clears throat> we're getting by. Yeah,
1: for sure. You're going to be back in the broadcast booth this week for us for North Idaho game night, Uh broadcasting the Post Falls quarter lane football game audio only, so that's going to be super exciting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we... yeah, Craig and I will be there for that one, and we're super stoked to have that one on the schedule. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for sure. So a couple of ways you can get this podcast each and every week. You can get the audio only at our website, idahosports.com. on the homepage across the top. You will see the prep casts, uh, navigation bar and that'll drop down to a menu with all of our podcasts you just click on north idaho prepcast and you can listen to it right there you can also listen to the podcast wherever you download your podcasts google spotify apple etc uh you can also watch video of this each week on the idahosports.com youtube channel as well as our facebook page if you are watching the video for this week's pod you're going to notice ryan is kind of um lagging a little bit internet wise it's not affecting the audio so if you're listening to this you're not going to be able to tell anything but if you're watching ryan it's going to be like he's moving in slow motion they're doing what are they doing they're dig, they're digging holes we're where in your neighborhood up there uh to put in fiber for internet is that yeah, what's
0: going on? i'm on i was on the first street in the neighborhood to get fiber and now every street that they do after me it like legs my signal um every day they start connecting and so i don't i've been calling them and kind of complaining and they're like, well, I mean, you just kind of got to fight through it for like the next month or so. And then it should be fine. And I don't know. Like, it's just, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. So we'll make do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fight through it for the next month or so. That's what we like do fun. here
0: in North Idaho. That's right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. I was going to say that sounds like uh, the post-falls football team's uh, mantra. Fight fight through it for the next month. Uh, we'll That's we'll right. get to football in just a moment. We wanted to start with uh, soccer today because district soccer off and running. By this time next week, Ryan, we're going to be able to uh, preview the boys and girls state soccer tournaments and, and break down some of the actual matchups. The only things that have been decided up north so far are the the 5A ranks where the Lake City boys and girls swept the district titles.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Lake City boys winning a district title against a surprise. I mean, Lewiston beating Coeur d'Alene in the semis um, surprised a lot of people. I mean, Lewiston's a good club, but um, Lake City was pretty dominant in that game yesterday. And then the Lake City girls winning against Coeur um a couple days ago. Uh, nice victory for both teams. So getting the district sweep is always nice for the school, um, especially in a, in a competitive district. I mean, there's some good teams up here up north. So. They've uh, done well for themselves this year, and hopefully that bodes well for the state tournament as I believe Lake City boys are rolling into state undefeated. So um, it should be uh, an exciting next couple weeks here in in Idaho.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really exciting because the way the brackets now work at state is it's all based off of your max preps rating, right? There's no more predetermined. So really, you're essentially going to get a more fair bracket. I feel like it's not predetermined. It's all about how you did in the regular season. And they're going to seed you one through eight on the boys side. Lake city is the top seed because they go off the regular season, max prep rating. So pretty awesome. Lake city is going to be the number one overall seed. They're going to be on the opposite side of the bracket as uh Timberline and Bora and some of those other teams from district three. So well, we it's going mean, to be in an-
0: one districts yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. So,
1: yeah, it's It's going to be, It's going to be nice for Lake City getting that number one overall seed. And then on the 5A girls' side, Lake City right now, the four seed. So a little bit tougher. They would be on the same side of the bracket as Highland, potentially. Highland has not lost yet this year. They still have their district championship to play, but maybe a little tougher road for the Lake City girls. But still, very exciting for Lake City High School in in soccer.
0: Yeah, both great seasons, and and hats off to the kids. I know that they've worked hard. And, uh, you know, the, the boys have taken care of everything in front of them that they've had to do. So um, the girls, I mean, obviously they've they've had a moment briefly this year, but I mean, they've been, they've had a great season, too. So it's, yeah. it's you know, a battle for any any team in the state of Idaho trying to get a state championship. And you get through these last, you know, a couple of weeks of the season. It's uh, I don't care what classification you are. You get you get to states. You've done something and you've accomplished quite a bit. So that's, that's awesome. right.
1: Yeah. And and this year in boys and girls soccer that we saw the um combined Inland Empire League, right? Where the 5A and 4A were all in one gigantic conference for standings. On the girls side, Sandpoint, despite being a 4A school, actually won the league this year. They they yeah. beat all the 5A teams, and the Sandpoint <clears throat> girls look really strong in the 4-A ranks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they what handed the first loss to Coeur Charter, um, kind of a a game that was picked up last minute because Coeur Charter had a cancellation with St. Mary's. Um, Sandpoint had an open spot from a cancellation earlier in the year, so they played each other, and Sandpoint ended up winning that game. Um, but Sandpoint's had an awesome season. I mean, that girls' team is loaded. I'm, they're, you know, I would say the favorite foray in, in the girls' ranks. Um or if not one, they're like 1A and 1B um, t- to win that. And obviously, Cordellane Charter was what a 60 game or th- sorry, 38 game straight, um, you know, undefeated streak that was snapped to Sandpoint. So, but even before that, you go back and they've only had like two losses in the last four seasons mm-hmm. or something like that. So it's a pretty gaudy statistic for Quarterline Charter that they're a great program too. Um, but Sandpoint has just been an absolute buzzsaw uh, this year.
1: Yeah, it was kind of an interesting story with that Sandpoint Cordellane Charter regular season finale last week. You mentioned it; Cordellane Charter was supposed to play St. Mary's. They've had COVID problems, had to officially forfeit the game. So Cordellane Charter picked up a win, and then turned around the same day and lost to Sandpoint. The final score um, was two to one, and Cordellane Charter was leading. Uh, They they scored in the fifty second minute. Rebecca Hines, who might be the best soccer player up north, regardless of classification. Uh, she scored in the 52nd minute. Panthers were up one nothing, but then Sandpoint scored twice in the final five minutes of regulation. Kaylee McNamee, yeah. uh scored the the equalizer, and then Aaron Eddy scored the game winner a couple minutes later. So, yeah, Sandpoint undefeated. Coeur Charter, that big, long winning streak was snapped there, 14-1. and um, I think in soccer this year, Ryan, you, you could see a majority of the state titles coming from the North.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. And soccer here has really taken off and I'll, and I'll give, I mean, the club teams up here have been hyper successful um, and you can credit, you know, having some kids from Spokane to play with too. So I'll give, I'll give Washington their due that it's helped here because they get to play year round a little bit if they're, if they want to, um, because of the way Washington kind of stacks their schedule, it's opposite Idaho. Um, so while Idaho is playing their soccer season, you know, Washington will be playing in the spring. Um, so it'll be, and at least on the boys' side, but um, <clears throat> I want to say is Idaho switching next year, putting boys and there is it golf that's switching to fall. I'm trying to remember golf. how they're doing that next year. Yep, golf. Golf. That's what I thought. Um, yep. And so, yeah, I mean it, it, the the club the club scene here, there's a lot of competitive soccer, and it just I mean the Spokane schools are phenomenal. Um, so it's just kind of an area that's becoming more and more of a hotbed, I believe, for that sport. I mean. Historically, it was baseball. I mean, you look at baseball here. It's always been pretty good between Lewiston and Coeur d'Alene and, you know, some of the St. Mary's and Orfino and some of those teams that um, North Idaho has always been able to put out, you know, really competitive baseball teams. But soccer is now, you know, hot on the heels to it's it, this year, really, you look at it um, out of all the classifications. I mean, you could sweep 5A. You get the 4A girls or the 3A girls. I mean, 3A boys isn't out of the question either with Coeur Charter either. So um, or depending on what happens in that district um, with the 3As, it could be uh, pretty interesting going down the wire as well. So um, it's a it's kind of a, a crapshoot that you really don't know how it's going to turn out. But there's a lot of competitive uh, games to be played. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And state this year, last year it was up North, right? Coeur d'Alene got to host all the state soccer tournaments. A lot of people were complaining about the weather, I think, (laughs) but this year it'll be in the banana belt. It'll be down in Boise. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's about time North Idaho gets the state tournament. I don't know why everybody complains about it, but no, I always make the joke like we made last week about Rodney Dangerfield. We just can't get any respect up here, but um Yeah, no, I mean, having and you got great facilities down in Southern Idaho, down in the the Treasure Valley. So, um, and we've got good facilities here too. I mean, I don't know if you saw where the I believe it was a three A's were played last year at Real Life over in Post Falls, where Genesis Prep is. I mean, they have two huge field turf fields. It's just a phenomenal soccer facility. Um, so, you know, you're starting to see that stuff pop up in post falls in their district is looking at adding one. Um, and then Coeur d'Alene in one of the city parks is actually, has it slated to open here in the next year or two. So, um, really the facilities are just growing and getting better every year.
1: Yeah. I I think it's great that they rotate sites. So North Idaho gets that opportunity to show those facilities. You know, I wish sometimes basketball would rotate as well instead of being in Boise every single year,
0: but. Um well, hopefully for the, the University sports. of Idaho gets the host, I mean, at some point, because that, that new arena at U of I is awesome. That is, it's super cool.
1: Yeah, the new basketball facility that was uh, just built in and will debut this year uh, for basketball. Yeah. They might already be, play, be playing volleyball in there as well, but.
0: I don't know if they have, I mean, they might be, I haven't checked. I thought they were playing in Memorial Gym still, but um, I think, I know ICC Arena opens for basketball, I think, and like two or three weeks so yeah yeah, be yeah pretty
1: cool yeah there's there's some really great facilities up north no doubt about it uh let's let's shift now to football and and uh we're starting to get to the stretch drive of the regular season for football we finally got into conference play for a lot of these leagues last week right up north the, the leagues are, are smaller so you don't get those conference matchups until the very end of the regular season which i like um let's start with Portland <laughs> Lane a 38 nothing win over Lake City we we kind of expected that the the big contest was Post Falls at Lewiston two teams basically i think battling for second place in the conference this was kind of a wild game ryan uh Lewiston ah. ends up winning by one 30 to 29
0: little bit of a shootout going down the stretch, and the, and you look at the one equalizer for Post Falls. It's really, I mean, it's shown up in the last three games for them that I don't, I don't think should be overlooked. Is their special teams has been awesome. I mean, they've got, a, I think they've had a kickoff return for a touchdown in three straight games. Um, So you know, Post Falls is doing the right things on on necessarily in parts of the game that get overlooked. Uh Lewiston, I mean, they've got, I mean, Hepburn. Let's just talk about him at running back. He's he's a stud. Um, I don't think you can really as far as running backs go he's the best one in the in the in the league I mean we in the Empire League he's by far you know I think probably the best athlete of the running back position um but you know post halls Clark's shown up now I mean he's had some big games down the stretch I think four in a row where he's caught at least two touchdowns um so they're they're coming back around that that, that game, You know, I was talking to one of the parents on Saturday because I was like, hey, man, that was a a barn burner. Like, what happened? And he's like, you know, we just couldn't stop Hepburn down the stretch. Lewiston got good field position with a few minutes left, and we just left him too much time. And uh, it was just one of those games that it was hard fought. Both teams played their tails off, and uh, Lewiston squeaked by by one in, in a classic. That was a great game. Um, Yeah. uh,
1: Sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, you're fine. No, I was just going to say like, I mean, post falls it's not like they did anything wrong. It was just Lewiston did what they, you know, had to do to win that game.
1: Yeah. They, I mean, when the fourth (laughs) quarter started, we were tied 21, 21 post falls is uh, backed up in their own end zone, dropping back to pass. They're called for holding in the end zone. That's a safety 23, 21 Lewiston takes the lead. Uh, Lewiston is then on the ensuing drive, right? Because they get the ball following the safety. They're marching down the field. They are uh, in the red zone. Zachary Clark, you mentioned it, picks off a pass right around the goal line, returns it 96 yards for a pick six. Uh, Post falls goes for two and gets it. They're now up 29-23, but with a minute, nine to play lewiston gets the uh the touchdown from cruz hepburn like you said they were feeding him a lot down the stretch uh the extra point gave the Bengals the one point lead but they left a lot of time for post falls the trojans drive down the field and then uh with basically three seconds left post falls is set up for a 25 yard field goal and the chance to win they pushed it wide left and so a classic game where now post falls you know lamenting what if
0: yeah and you know like From where the the position of that kick was, too, I mean, you're putting a lot of pressure on a high school kid. Yeah, it's a Um, 25-yarder. You're trying to think, you know, slightly to the right hash. I've got to try to bring it back left. I'm going to push it through the upper, you know. I'm going to shank it and go wide right. Go overcompensate. And then and I, was just, I, kept, I felt bad for the kid because it was such a great game. Um, everything you could do as a coach, like you're, you're 25 yards, you don't get those opportunities very often um, for a game winner. I mean, that's kind of a shot per se, but nothing's guaranteed, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Lewiston, we talked about, I think, in our preview. I mean, I said they're going to be probably – they're my surprise for number two in, in the league. Um as far as pushing <clears> the <throat> Anything City um of, of brilliance on offense, and then we've seen what they've done like with lane last week. I was at that game in the second half. Um mm-hmm. they they were able to drive on lane twice, so they just couldn't get it in. I mean, they got it all the way down to the three-yard line. And then got back to back holding penalties and pushed them back out of out of the red zone, so, um, you know it's it's tough that you know this league is is, is brutal. Um, and anybody week, I mean that Coeur d'Alene Lewiston game, it could. And so I think we can't really call anything until all, all the dust settles after, you know, next weekend.
1: Yeah. Uh, they must be digging another hole in your neighborhood, Ryan. You were breaking up quite a bit there. I think we got the general gist of it that kicking is hard, right? Especially at the Stiller. high school level. We, we we saw that in the NFL. I'm a big Packers fan, and uh, they, they had a pretty interesting game with the Bengals on Sunday where uh, both teams combined to miss five field goals in a row from like the two minute warning into overtime. Uh, and then you may also mention how the league is so tough week in week out. Uh, the, the North part of Idaho this year for five, a football gets two automatic bids into the playoffs. We're thinking at this point, that's going to be Coeur d'Alene and Lewiston. Now there is one at large bid that's also available. Uh, now, right now, as it stands, it's based upon max preps ratings, Post falls would get that at large spot, but they're going to be competing with some teams from the Boise area, teams like probably like Timberline and Skyview and things like that. So, post falls needs to continue to play well, and uh, a playoff spot is definitely within their grasp. We could see three teams get playoff spots from up north, be pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're, uh, we're still having problems with Ryan's internet for sure. So let's see if we can take a break and come back and try and get that fixed. We'll start talking about some of the other, the 4A, 3A. There was a lot of good stuff going on in the Intermountain League, certainly. And so we'll break down more of that football action when we come back right after this on the North Idaho PrepCast on idahosports.com.
0: It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too.
1: Back on the North Idaho PrepCast, IdahoSports.com. Brandon Mania with Ryan Skaggs. Uh, Ryan's video is going to be out for the remainder of this PrepCast. You get the black screen of mystery that we usually reserve for Craig Shaver.
0: Uh, yeah i really look like that guy in real life too just like the per- the silhouette with a gray shadow yeah
1: <laughs> yeah exactly it's like a crime documentary where we're trying to conceal your identity for your own protection yeah
0: you know? <laughs> you know, you're robert stack all of a sudden <laughs> so, tonight unsolved, unsolved mysteries going on <laughs> dude so- i used
1: to watch those all the time as a kid and get so freaked out <laughs>
0: yeah no, it's like that show and there was a few others like that were like it that i just like okay i can't believe i watch that as a kid because now i'm like man this would still like mess with me now <laughs> so yeah yeah um so yeah unsolved mystery well we solved one mystery my internet sucks right now but uh <laughs> so the other unsolved mystery i would say to segue um is what's the for <laughs> as far as the playoff picture goes for for it because yeah we saw an absolute Butt whooping Friday night. In Lakeland, I was at that game for the first half where they went off for 35 unanswered in the second quarter. Um, and they beat Moscow 59 to zero and looked absolutely awesome in that game.
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, one mystery that's been solved, Ryan, is that Moscow, you can put them to bed. They are they are not returning to the playoffs this year, I don't think. I, I don't think their max preps rating is going to be strong enough. And now you're talking about Sandpoint and Lakeland both getting in. The question is just who, who's going to win
0: the league. Well, well, I the question I had with both getting in is, I mean, Lakeland's got a great record on out five and three. Um, what happens if they share the same record with Preston? That's, that's the question question because Preston plays Pocatello and then they have Snake River next week I mean is there a possibility that they end up with the same rating that Preston would get the edge
1: yeah so uh the the max preps rating it's it's very hard for teams to tie with that with that number so right now Preston has has the lead on Lakeland so we we talked about this right last week where District one and two gets the conference champion. And then there is an at law or there's an automatic bid that will go to either the second best team from district one and two or district five. And right now that's Preston and Lakeland battling it out. Lakeland currently trails (sighs) Preston in in the max preps rating. And we'll see if, by them playing sandpoint if that's enough to boost them over preston but preston still has pocatello so it's it's probably going to be a wash i think what'll happen though is there are four at-large bids that are also handed out to the four best remaining teams and lakeland is the top team sure i mean they they ensure for sure so lakeland's going to get an at-large bid as well they're gonna be playing
0: a road game that's the problem (laughs) so and they're probably gonna be playing, you know, like they did last year where they're going to have to travel to Idaho Falls or Pocatello or something like that to play their first-round game, but um, I was impressed with with Coach Keefer's club on on Friday watching them. I mean, that defense was absolutely relentless, and um, their running game, I mean, John Cornish went off for 141 yards rushing with three touchdowns, Um, and that was, like, most of those were before halftime, so um, a, a game by the Hawks in that one. Um, and then they've got, I mean, obviously, you want to take care of business. You got Point next week, uh, for the what's probably looking like the district title, um, and the league title too. But, um, you have to take care of business the way Lakeland's playing down the stretch. They've been, you know, salt. I mean, you saw the Timberlake score last week. They've pitched a shutout in two straight weeks where they're scoring over 50 points. I mean, come on. <laughs> so it's, uh, <laughs> It's been a pretty good showing from them the last couple weeks. I think they're getting things rolling. Sandpoint, you know, we saw what they did with Lake City in a close game, um, had this week off. They're going to play at Moscow. You know, I think it's going to be kind of like, well, you did that. Let's see if we can show you up. I don't know. Or it's a battle of attrition. I mean, if weather gets inclement, I mean, you're going to see a lot of Garrett Cox um, for Sandpoint. And Moscow, I just don't – they don't have the muscle up front. Their front seven just cannot contend uh, with that offensive line from Sandpoint.
1: Yeah, I I like Sandpoint there for sure, and it's it is an interesting matchup then in the regular season finale between again. Sandpoint and and Lakeland. Uh, the the winner of that we talked about Sandpoint has now the fourth best Max Preps rating. Last week they were they were basically top two. They still would be able to host a, a quarterfinal game if they're t- to finish out and and win the league. They would be the the number three seed probably behind Pocatello and Emmett right now, but still a lot a lot for sandpoint to play for certainly
0: yeah and i mean getting anybody you know getting a quarterfinal game in north idaho would be huge and i'm thinking that they're going to take advantage of their their home field that they've got i mean that field turf there at their stadium is is a, is a gorgeous facility and you start throwing the elements in on top of it and you get a team traveling you might be able to trap a team that maybe has a higher rating um and uh it ends up posing kind of a a I guess, you know, the true home field advantage down the stretch. And then, um, possibly if they remain the higher seed, they could get that, that host bid maybe at the Kibi Dome, uh, in a semifinal game, but it would be, um, it'd be a stretch. You never know what happens on the other sides of the bracket. I mean, we've seen crazy things happen the last few years with surprise teams like Sandpoint last year, um, you know, showing up and, and having, you know, wreaking a little bit of havoc. So, um, the 4A ranks, I think, I mean, Lakeland's showing up. I mean, since that that whooping they took from post-falls, um, which was actually, like we talked about, a close game um, at halftime, it was like, what, 13-0 to zero or something like that. So it was a, it was not as huge of a blowout as you think. There were some mistakes there that got taken advantage of from post-falls. Um, but I think that they've woke up. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. When's that offensive line going to show up? Well, here they are. I mean, we've seen it back-to-back weeks where they've looked really good. Um, and so the, and the, it's kind of the same mix with the three A's. I mean, if we want to jump to there, but um, yeah, let's do we're going to see we're going to see some stuff coming down to the wire too. We saw a barn burner between Kellogg and Bonners Ferry on Friday where Kellogg wins 18 to 13. Um, and then you've thrown the inclement weather that you might see this weekend up at Timberlake between Kellogg and Timberlake. Man, this is going to get... It's going to get super interesting these next two weeks in that 3A um, IML. That that conference is tough, and I mean Kellogg obviously holds the edge right now, in my opinion. But anything can happen. I mean you you know Timberlake messed with their offensive line a little bit and uh, put their fullback at guard, and then they go off for 250 yards rushing in the first half against Priest River. So um, you know you make do with what you've got. I mean, they had an injury up front. Their starting guard, he broke his hand, so they moved some guys around, and it ended up working out for him. So that stuff happens, and you kind of find luck once in a while.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's interesting. The Intermountain League gets two bids to the to the three A postseason. That's it. There's no there's no at large bids in in the three A playoffs. So you you've got still Timberlake, Kellogg, and Bonners Ferry all competing for it because let's say Kellogg beat Bonners Ferry already, right? let's say Kellogg loses to Timberlake this week and then Timberlake turns around and plays Bonners in in the season finale. Let's say Bonners wins that. Then you've got a three-way tie at the top.
0: Yep. And that's, that's absolutely within the realm of possibilities. So, I mean, it's like we talked about with Coeur d'Alene and with, with Sandpoint and Lakeland. I mean, you you just got to take care of business. I mean, you have to win. Just win, baby win. Don't worry about other people taking care of, you know, your job for you. You've got to, you've got to do your thing. And, um, you know, Bonners is is a playoff team in my mind. I mean, they've played they've played pretty well this year. They played a tough schedule too. Let's not let's not ignore that. Um, yeah. You know, playing some of those yeah. Montana schools have really, I think, tested them, um, and they've responded and they've remained healthy. That's the other part about that. They haven't had the huge key injuries that have, you know, we don't know what that that loss at guard is going to do to Timberlake now that they have to move their starting fullback up on the offense line and now you lose that threat in the backfield so um, it's going to be interesting moving forward the last couple of weeks to see what happens but um, it's a great conference this year I mean as far as competition goes and, and athletes too um, I mean I'll still keep singing the praises along with Craig of the, of Luna quarterback for Kellogg because he's a stud um, pretty much carries the team at times but um, it's uh, you know if they can they're Right team puts together the right scheme against Kellogg, they can get knocked off. It wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to be sorted out still in the Intermountain League, as well as the Central Idaho League, the two-way ranks, because we we haven't actually had any conference games yet. Ryan, uh, Saint Mary's, Orofino, Grangeville, all grappling. Uh, the conference schedule got pushed back because of Saint Mary's's <laughs> problems with COVID and such, and so we
0: might not get it.
1: <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, I think we're having a delay again. But so uh, basically, finally, we're going to get this week. Orofino's oh, going to play. Saying, like, I don't
0: know if we're going to. We might not see a conference game if, if these problems continue. So,
1: <laughs> yes, well, Saint Saint Mary's is back. They are, they are competing now. Their their boys soccer team actually got a win at districts earlier in the week. So, um, the, Saint Mary's is back is going to play Grangeville this week. Then after that, you have on the the following week is going to be St. Mary's versus Orofino. And then way, way, way late, October 29th, really past where the regular season would be, you're going to have St. Mary's against Grangeville in a game that could decide the conference title. It's kind of what happened last year as well, where the 2A playoffs, the five conference champs get an automatic bye. So instead of having that bye week, you're basically gonna have St. Mary's and Grangeville fighting for a playoff bid. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, they're digging holes at Ryan's neighborhood again. Uh yeah, we're we're having a little bit of yeah, lag between. Yeah, it's
0: it's gonna be an interesting uh interesting stretch in that conference because Honestly, not really. No, and, and I was going to say is like Orfino hasn't shown up in a game. I mean, St. Mary's hasn't really shown up in a game and Grangeville hasn't really shown up in a game. It's almost like you look at it and I don't want to say like, hey, give up your playoff spot, but you've got to be able to, uh, to be competitive. And I just haven't seen it from any of these CIL teams yet this year. Um, and that's just, you know, the nature of the beast too. You get injuries and sickness and everything else. It just kind of knocks things around a little bit. Um, so the, the schedule being moved down the road, I mean, it, it could help one of the teams like maybe find their stride and win a couple in a row and maybe take some momentum into the postseason. Um, But it's just it's just a crapshoot. I mean, this year it's been weird Um, and not really the records we're used to seeing from these teams that historically have success.
1: Yeah, Grangeville was very aggressive in putting together a very difficult schedule. We'll see if that pays off for them. Could be just like last year where Grangeville gets the first round by as a conference champ and then they reseed the teams for the quarterfinal round. Well, Grangeville got the eighth seed. They were the, they were the last team and they had to go play west side in the, in the quarterfinal. So something very similar could happen this year for whoever wins the Central Idaho League. Let's move to the 1As where uh, Wallace and lakeside continue to to duke it out they've got the the matchup next week that will determine the conference uh lakeside won the first matchup already this year wallace is going to try and force a tiebreaker but uh before we get to that we still have games this week and then at the 1a d2 level congratulations to mullen st regis they wrapped up a playoff spot with their win last week over clark fork now here's the kind of the crappy part ryan is that Mullen St. Regis is five and one, and and, and they're going to be a, a good representative of district one at state, but Clark Fork is four and two. They've got a chance to, to finish five and two, and they're going to miss the playoffs because at the one AD two level, it's all predetermined. There's no at large bids. It's just, yep, this league gets this many, this league gets this many. So Clark Fork is a team that I feel like deserves to be in the playoffs this year, and they're not going to get that opportunity now. There's about a fifteen second delay between us, so just hang tight.
0: <laughs> Mark Forks had a great season, and and the Wampus Cats have kind of done everything that they could to to find themselves success for the postseason. I mean, it's not their fault that they they have the same conference as and St. Regis, who you know could be one of the four favorites. Um and, and find their way uh into the playoffs. I mean like Mullen St. Regis is a good team. They're gonna be favored to win it, I think, with with you know, along with a few of the other teams game and it's like, all right, see you later. Um not really had. Um and so you know, tell your kids like, hey, have you know, losses, but at the same time
1: yeah, we're <laughs> we're having some big latency issues on the prep cast. so we'll we'll kind of wrap it up here. Uh, I just want to say for for Mullen St. Regis, the other kind of crappy part is that it's all predetermined bracketing, which means, hey, they get a first round buy. But then in the quarterfinals, they have to play either Carey or Castleford, whoever wins that game this Friday, which kind of sucks for a quarterfinal matchup. A lot of years, that could be a state championship matchup. And so for Mullen St. Regis, they're going to have to earn it, (laughs) no doubt about it, in the 1A D2 postseason uh for sure so uh that'll that'll do it for the uh, north idaho prepcast thanks for being patient with us through through the internet problems we'll try and get that fixed uh we'll we'll make some calls <laughs> to ryan's internet provider uh so next week shows a little smoother yeah uh, somebody want to wants to
0: call tds for me and take care of business i would absolutely appreciate that <laughs>
1: well there we go we got ryan back i think in real time there was about a 15 second lag between what i was was saying and what you were saying (laughs) i think here at the very end we finally got it figured out so
0: (laughs) yeah i'm uh it's frustrating let's put it that way it's i think my computer's like thinking it's hunting season and just wants to quit too so um but no it's been um it's been a great season uh, up here I mean obviously with my my health issues kind of limited me from my ability to be in person but uh we've got a couple weeks left still and these next 2 weeks are going to be super exciting to see how things shake out
1: yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Next week, we'll talk about state soccer. We'll talk more about district volleyball as that will be underway and and, and setting the table for some of these big football matchups as well. So uh, thanks for tuning into the North Idaho PrepCast, brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. For Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on idahosports.com.